Hello, everyone. I'm Shanta Jackson, and this is Compassionate Las Vegas, the podcast. Well, Shanta, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. I have been looking forward to this conversation ever since we first met, and I learned about the incredible work that you've been doing. I know that you're not physically in Las Vegas right now, but Las Vegas will always be your home. So welcome to the podcast. Yes, thank you. Yes, Las Vegas, born and raised. My family lives there, and I visit home frequently. So yeah, Las Vegas is always home for me. Good. So for our audience that may not be familiar with you, just share a little bit of what you're doing and how you got there. Okay. Well, um, again, my name is Shanta Jackson, and my purpose in life is to help people to help themselves and others. And everything that I choose to do is socially conscious. I am a, a mother, a single mother, single parenting mother, social entrepreneur, author, leader, speaker, and um, I do have my own business. I have a consultancy agency where I work with nonprofit organizations and research teams and other types of organizations to uh, implement their socially conscious initiatives. So it can be from the spectrum of strategy or at the end to evaluation. But everything that I choose to do is socially conscious. And this year in 2020, I actually uh, decided to come out not with the um, with the image of this professional image, but more so just Shanta Jackson, the individual, Shanta Jackson, the vulnerable person. And I published my first book this year. It's called The Journal of a Woman with Lived Experiences. And it is a 21-day guided journal. And uh, normally what I would do is I would journal and throw my journal entries away out of shame, embarrassment, and guilt. But this time I decided that and with the encouragement of others and, and life ha- and life-changing events, I decided that I wanted to share my personal journal entries in an effort to help someone else. And um, what makes my book unique is that a lot of guided journals, they the author wears the coach or the advisor hat, but not a lot of people are being are being vulnerable and exposing themselves and their and their actual real journal entries. And I do that. Um, and so that's where I'm at right now. I'm on this, I'm on this journey and I have this book, I do speaking engagements. I have a YouTube show that I record every Saturday and, um, and I bring on guests such as yourself and other professionals and other people with lived experiences. And what I mean by lived experiences, it could be someone, um, today I had a guest that paid off $90,000 within three years, $90,000 of debt within three years. But I've um, topics on domestic violence. I've I've met uh, someone where her daughter and her granddaughter were murdered by her daughter's ex-boyfriend of five months. And so various different topics. And and sometimes it's financial advising. Sometimes it's how um, how to be a man from being a male to manhood, different topics. But um, I'm just kind of exploring um, more than anything. First, I'm a woman. And then, like I said, I'm a mother. So 
that's who I am, Shanta Jackson. Well, Shanta, that is incredible. You have so many facets, so many different things that your hands are in that, I mean, how do you have time to sleep? Um, it's not the sleeping part that's the, it, that's the issue, which sometimes I do have insomnia if I have a lot on my mind, but that's where journaling comes in. It helps me. Or sometimes like I've been doing a better job of just cutting time uh, off and say, you know what? It's 8 p.m. It's 9 p.m. I'm done for the day. No more work. No more checking this. It's about me. So I do focus on um, self-care. So it's not sleep. It's relationships. I'm not that social, actually. I'm not very, I know it's COVID and we're not able to do a lot of things, but I really don't engage I, and I, with a lot of people um, outside. Of, I mean, I have friends and family that I can call, different things like that, but it's really socially, I kind of um, sacrifice that part of my life, which I'm now being more intentional and more open about um, opening myself up to that. And um, it makes me think of, uh, I did a show uh, regarding the seven chakras in our body, the, the, the seven different energy points that we have. And I, uh, last weekend, I actually went to a session to where this woman takes this crystal, she kind of puts it over you and she's like, okay, your roots chakra, your sacral, uh, I think it's sacral. Yeah, and your solar plexus and different things like this um, that has to do with your social life and, and, and relationships. And so I'm, I'm focusing more on the other aspects of life versus focusing on just uh, finance and career because I'm more than that. And I'm also more than a mother as well. So um, that's the issue with, with all of the things that I do. I, 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 I'm doing a better job to, about being more intentional and open to other aspects of my life to make sure that I'm balanced. Yeah, with that root chakra that you're talking about there, that's the one that you seem to have uh, put your energy into to this point, because that's that safety, security, foundational aspect, and you're really able to build on it. So great. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that a Black woman is is taking care of that because that's not as common as uh, some other practices. Yes, um, it's it's becoming more and more common, and from what I see, it's more so. Um, it, I guess it depends on what part of the country you live in, but I'm in Maryland, and there are a lot of women in this region, East Coast, Southeast, that are becoming more enlightened in, in the area of, um, I guess, kind of alternative spiritual practices. And I, I do identify as Christian, so I still read my Bible. I also read the Quran. So it's not like I'm worshiping the, the devil or, or multiple gods or, you know, I don't believe in anything like that. If, if, and, and the reason I mentioned that, just in case someone watching or someone listening is thinking that, like, oh, what is she talking about, you know? Um, but I didn't realize until I started researching and learning about the seven chakras, what you just said about me kind of doing the shadow work and working on my roots. I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. Sometimes we do things and we don't know that there is a name or, or a phrase for that or a certain practice. And we're doing things like, oh, that's the whole time. Okay, I know that. So I normally find that just throughout life. A lot of the things that that I'm doing and that I'm working on. There's a profession, there's a field, there's a practice 
there's it's it's called something, but we just don't know it. Absolutely. So I want to dive into all of this a little more deeply, but before we do, I'd like to just get a level set. And how I do that is with a simple question. How do you define compassion? Um, I can, let's see, good question. So I define compassion as, um, I'm thinking about respect, respect and understanding and acknowledging or recognizing that we all have different experiences in life and we all have different levels of understanding. And I think compassion is understanding that and acknowledging that and putting that into practice. So when, um, so we're not being judgmental, we are, um, we're putting ourselves in someone else's shoes um, or just trying to understand like why they may feel that way. And to me, I think that's what compassion is. Brilliant. Having that understanding and allowing yourself to consider something outside of your own worldview and perspective, I think is a great way to define compassion and to frame this conversation. So with all of your work, one of the things you consistently mention is being socially conscious. What does that mean? Everything it has a purpose. It's a cause. Um, so it could be from, it could be a health topic. It could be uh, diabetes or colorectal cancer and engaging black men in barbershops to, um, to be, to, to, to educate and empower them to, to be able to um, advocate for themselves as it relates to different health topics and for them to be able to understand that. That's, some, that's, so, that's an example of socially conscious. Or it could be a social justice issue. Um, I'm working with a group now in Maryland called the People's Commission, the People's Commission to Decriminalize Maryland. And we're looking at criminal code that uh, traditionally um, negatively impacts people of color or, or people of, uh, of poverty or, or, or of a low income status or individuals that, um, that may have a disability and they're actually being uh, penalized because of who they are as a person or because of their personal identity. So anything that can uh, help to improve the lives of others, that's how I define socially conscious. I think that's a great framework to work within, and that's important work, especially in this moment in time. So you and I are speaking prior to the results of the election. So when this comes out, who knows what's happening, right? But in this moment, we know how vital it is that we really change the way we look at other people in general. And the fact that you're working with low-income uh, individuals and you know folks that are, are dealing with really criminal offenses that aren't criminal. You know, it's crazy to think that you can be in jail in one state for something that's totally legal next door, but that's another podcast episode. But everything that you're doing, I think is so needed and so vital. So I just want to extend gratitude to you and say thank you for the work that you are you're putting out. Thanks. So with that in mind, we talked earlier about, the, or before we started recording, uh, about the eight dimensions of wellness. That's one of my favorite things to look at because it's the, the whole person, the entirety of who a person is, and recognizing that a deficit in any of those areas impacts all of those areas. So we're going to do this like at school. Can you give us a quick 
30-second explanation of the eight dimensions of wellness? So in life, everything that we experience from um, our social circles, our relationships, our um, environment, and not, it, it could be our physical environment, but the people that we surround ourselves with, our mental health, our physical health, our finances, our, our level of education, the fact, um, our job, are we satisfied at work? Are we lifelong learners? All of that um, affects our quality of life and um and just how we move forward right and they all impact one another all of those aspects of life so um in short that would be how i would describe the eight dimensions of wellness hey that that's something we can tweet out as a video clip so i love it that's fantastic yeah and some people say there's more than eight um some people will add um there's this couple i can't think of their name but there's this couple that i watch on um on mind valley and they have 12 dimensions. So some people will say seven, eight, 12, there's not a certain number, but, um, but the eight dimensions more so comes out of the public health world from the, from the Department of Health and Human Services. But it also can include parenting, you know, whether you are a parent or, um, or even the relationship with your parents, that affects your life and your quality of life and how you move forward and make decisions. So as you're speaking about the different dimensions, I absolutely agree. I use a tool where I combine kind of a wellness wheel with the idea of filling a bucket. And so I, when I coach, I allow people to pick however many they feel is relevant. I floor it four. You got to pick four areas, but you can subdivide into 12. And I try to cap it there, but you're absolutely right. It's various ways of looking at it. And even to our earlier conversation about the seven energy centers, if you think of how those relate to each of the dimensions of wellness, all of this is really getting to the same thing, which is we are multifaceted creatures that are complex, that are, are, are needy, that are shy, that are insecure, that are brilliant, that are beyond our wildest imaginations. You know, we're, we're so much that we're also very self-absorbed. And so we always think people are looking at us and it's like, nope, they're actually looking at themselves and thinking about this and doing that self-judgment, which can be projected out. So in the type of work that you do, I'm sure you've experienced all of what I just said and more. With your own personal journey, overcoming that shame and whatnot through your journaling, what else besides the journaling have you used to really get to where you are today? Um, I'm a lifelong learner. I, I research, there's things that I'm interested in. Um, I try to be conscious and aware, and I do a lot of self-assessment. Um, in the mornings, I like to practice positive affirmations. So usually I'll just go on YouTube, uh, Bob Baker, I, I listen to his um, positive affirmations. And I actually repeat those to myself. I have a, a board uh, in my bedroom where I have messages to myself um, for when moments are hard. Um, What's an example? That is yeah, God is with you, always has been, always will be. You are Shanta Jackson. Be proud of yourself. Look in the mirror, smile. Look at what you've done thus far. Um, either you want this or you don't. You got this. It's not easy, but do it anyway. And remember your why. And then I have, um, I just um, found a magazine and I kind of cut out some words and I pasted in there. So, it, uh, so legacy is one of the words, transformation, wisdom. And, um, and I like to... 
start my day, and we do have a habit sometimes of just going straight to our phone or media or different things like that. But I like to start my day um, just being intentional and focusing on myself. And I pray, I say what I'm grateful for every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Um, and it's not like I necessarily, sometimes I have a routine where I'll follow my routine for two weeks and then I'll break it and do something else. I just do whatever Shanta wants to do. And whenever I feel uh, anything negative or if I even have a negative thought, I'll talk to my, I talk to myself and I'm like, no, Shanta, we're not doing this today. Or Shanta, do what you want to do. Who says that you have to, who says that you have to stick to this? I, uh, I went on a staycation last weekend and in the hotel room, I was like, well, I'm, I should be reading this. And this is at a staycation and you're spending time by yourself on a retreat. You should be reading. You should be meditating. And then I said, wait a minute, Chanta, what do you want to do? What do you feel like doing? Okay. So then that's what you're going to do, you know? Um, so I just try to be intentional and, and aware. And one thing that I uh, don't do is um, I don't watch TV. I, I um, so if I want to get some information, I can read, I can read transcripts. If I want to follow what's going on at the federal level, I can go on C-SPAN and I can listen to the hearings live myself. So that way I don't have to depend on the journalist or a supposed journalist giving me their commentary or their opinion or kind of swaying me. So I'm over the, um, the propaganda. I have a bachelor's in public relations. So I'm aware of psychology, of advertisement and, and messaging. And so um, I try to um, disconnect and then I get into the world when I'm ready and when I want to find out information and when I want to reconnect. I'm not, um, I'm not very distracted from the outside world. Everything that you're saying, I'm just hearing self-compassion, self-compassion, self-compassion. And I think that's brilliant because of the level of responsibility you have as a business owner, as a, a consultant, as a mom, all of these responsibilities. It's so important that you take care of yourself. And you just, I mean, a staycation in this environment, that is such a, a privilege to be able to do, but it's a vital, necessary thing that you've, you've done for yourself. But also, I, I always try to explain that self-compassion is really the greatest form of compassion because without being full yourself, you're really not able to extend yourself to others in the way that best serves. So by you doing that, you're really serving your clients and the world in a very meaningful way. Yeah, I mean, you have to be in a certain mind space to perform and to be productive and creative and come up with ideas. And sometimes you have to step back. I actually um, decided to go on that staycation or I called it a, a retreat um, because I was working too much. And I had a, um, a very stressful project and it was consuming my weekends. As a matter of fact, I'm still not 100% complete with it. And um, it got to the point where I was having a conversation with someone, she's 50 years old and she had a stroke in her forties. I'll be, I'll be 40 in March. And I know the importance of, I take vitamins, I drink water. Um, I'm not, I'm starting to get back physically active, but I'm not out of shape. I walk like, so I know all that stuff, mm -hmm. but the stress and the pressure and the fact that, I mean, we have these motivational speakers saying, if you don't wake up at four o'clock in the morning and sleep is for people that 
sleep is for people that work. If you sleeping and you doing this, so basically they're saying self-neglect, 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 and stress, stress, stress. Yeah. I don't think that's their intention, but you break it down and you can literally have a stroke. And I said, whoa, 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 hold on. I'm about to, I need to step back. I need to step back. I need to retreat. I need to not check any emails for a couple of days. I just need to be by myself. I don't even want to be in my home. I'm in my home office now. I work from home. I don't even want to be home. Um, I just I need to step that. away. Yeah, I just, I just, I had to for, for me and for my son because I could see that I was all, like, I recognized it when I was having that conversation with a friend. I knew she had a stroke, but I didn't think much of it until we were talking. And I was like, oh my gosh, if I'm not careful, I can have a stroke. Mm-hmm. So, and let's dive yeah. into this for, for a bit, because this is one of the, the subjects I don't get to talk about very often, which is this grind mentality, especially for entrepreneurs. So as I'm sure you know, I, I own a business and I do the consulting and the speaking and coaching and all of that, but I'm also a director at a national nonprofit. So I'm working in a sense constantly there. I don't have a day off, but I believe very much in the practice of a Sabbath taking time away to just rest and rejuvenate and be with whatever energy you feel is that higher power, whether it's your higher self, God, the universe, however you frame it, spending time in that space and allowing yourself to connect with yourself for me is vitally important. There was a time when I felt that way though. Oh my gosh, I slept eight hours. I must be, you know, slacking. Oh, I, I took a break. I didn't finish a book this week because I try to do a book a week kind of thing. You know, oh shoot, I, I did this or I didn't do that. And I would beat myself up and just really run myself into the ground. I was neglecting my family. I was neglecting myself. And when I shifted out of that and chose to be intentional, to give attention to all of the areas of wellness, that's when I really saw a shift in my, my business. Number one, it was able to grow because I was better equipped personally to handle the weight of all of that responsibility. With my, my nonprofit, I was able to actually, I was promoted at the around that same time, which was more, more responsibility, more time. But by the same token, because I had learned to put in boundaries, I was able to manage that. And it's just one of those things where I, I see so many young people in their 20s and you say, well, I'll sleep when I'm dead. No, you, you'll be dead a lot faster if you don't sleep. You know, so how do you share that with people that you mentor or encounter? How do you get across the, the value of work, you know, understanding, putting in the work, it's required, building that foundation, but also taking time to rejuvenate and to recreate or recreate, as they would say? Well, I'm, I'm doing it now. I'm sharing because this is something that I just recently, um, I mean, I do nice things and I have to give myself some credit too. Sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit. Um, and, and I'm, and I'm hard on myself and I, and I, I'm thinking that I'm not giving myself a lot of self care, but I was talking to a colleague and I was like, Oh yeah. Um, this week, every morning, I've decided not to take a shower. I'm taking baths this week, and I'm going to soak in essential oils. And she's like, oh, I wish I had time to do that. But it's literally 20 minutes, or it's not like a, a you know, but 20 minutes of your day, 20 minutes of your time. And, and I had to give myself more credit because what I'm, what I'm thinking I'm not doing enough of, there are people who don't even have the mindset or the mind space yet 
to think that they can do that, to reserve 20 minutes of their time in the morning um, to, to sit in some warm water, to just kind of listen to some music or just do something for yourself. Make it about you. Yeah, why do you um, think people don't make time for themselves? I think uh, it's culturally, it's our society. Again, you know, we're, we're, we're trained and we're programmed to, you know, work hard. I mean, but, it's, but some people have the mindset of work hard, play hard, which is nothing wrong with that. I, I do work very hard and I do play and, and enjoy myself as well um, when it's my time. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's cultural. It is, it's, it's just not something that's ingrained and we live in a competitive society. And then um, some of us are following the followers. And so on social media, people, I mean, they'll get on and say, you know, I'm doing this or, 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 or give you advice and give you tips. And it all sounds good and it looks good from the, the, the background or the space where they're at. But we really don't know if these people are living this on a regular basis, right? But, and they heard it from someone else. So they're just regurgitating information that they heard or practices that they heard. And we're looking at them because they may look visually appealing or they may have a certain amount of followers and we're thinking it's the right thing to do, but it's not. Like I just said, there are motivational speakers out there who have made a million dollars plus off of their career. And some of the advice that they give, while it may be motivational and, and in the moment, it at the in the long term is detrimental to your health. Um, the, our ancestor is wisdom. It's wisdom to rest and to take care of yourself. Um, and so for us, you know, we should be seeking wisdom and understanding and then detach when we have to. We also have all these various messaging that's coming. We should look this way. We should think this way. And you, you got to be, you're not black enough. You got to be pro this. You got to be this. And, and this is how you should carry yourself. And a real woman does this. And a real man does this. And, and this is how relationships should be. And this is how your performance, you know, we have all these different mess. This is a good parent. This is a bad parent. This is a blah, blah, blah. Or if you're not buying material things, if you don't have material wealth and you're not a good person, you're not successful. So we just have to kind of step back and realize that we are our own individual selves. And we define what is success for us. We define what our lives are and what happiness means to us and what our quality of life is. And once we have our vision for that, and then we can, um, uh, you know, move forward with, with our plan. And it's also important not to, you know, to be present in the current moment. Um, just accept things and, and for what they are, accept yourself for, for, for who you are, learn and grow from your mistakes, forgive yourself, but don't get so stuck. A lot of us are planners. Don't get so stuck in the future to where you can't enjoy the moment and don't get so stuck in the past to where you can't move forward. Wow. I mean, we could end it right there and that would be worth the trip, right? Being in that present moment is so critical and you're absolutely spot on. So many of us give our attention to what, what was or what could be that we're missing out on the beauty of what is. One of my daily practices is to take a moment and just observe what is. So I'll, I'll take a deep breath in and see what I smell. Often it's essential oil, so got my, my diffuser going. But you know, just what is the scent? What, what am I feeling? What does my body feel like? 
how does my mind feel right now? You know, am, am, I, am I having a hard time being in the moment? And if so, what's grabbing my attention? So uh, thank you for sharing that. I think that's a tip that our entire audience can really benefit from. One other thing you said that I thought was, was worth bringing back is people following the followers. In this industry, in the wellness industry, one of the things that I see far too often is people that are fantastic at marketing then become the quote unquote gurus and they build successful whatevers, whether it's you know, a coaching practice or a YouTube channel, whatever it may be, they position themselves as a spiritual teacher or whatever it may be, and they really have no substance behind it. They lack the personal character and integrity that goes along with actually being a leader. They don't have the experience, but they were fantastic at marketing. Perhaps they had a friend that gave them an Instagram account with 100,000 followers. You know, I don't, I don't know how all of it works, but I do know some of it. And it's easy to be deceived by the appearance of success versus, versus actual success. How have you grounded yourself to make sure you've done the work? You, as Ayanna Van Zant would say, I've done my work. How have you grounded yourself to do your work while also pushing forward and positioning yourself to take on new challenges? I mean, I, like I said, I reflect, I have goals, I, I know what it is that I want to accomplish and, and I assess and I, and, and I, I'm okay with change. And just because I have a certain goal, my goals may change and I don't have to necessarily stick with that or force something. All I want to, to do is, all I want to do is just be my authentic self. And, um, and I don't want to put myself in a situation. This is kind of like where, I, where I'm at right now in life. I don't want to continue to put myself in, in situations to where I'm doing things that I'm not happy doing. And, and, and that don't come natural to me. And so that's how I stay, um, stay grounded is just being intentional about the type of work that I do, um, being intentional about how I use my time, being intentional about how I spend my time with my son and how I parent, being intentional about the foods that I choose to eat, uh, the thoughts that I choose to think. Um, and like you said, just um, being existing and being aware of, you know, what is it that you smell? What is it that you hear? Um, nature, nature helps us. So just, um, just not focusing on just life and career um, helps me to stay balanced. But, but going back to life and career, making sure that I'm doing things that it is that I want to do, not because I have this like status quo or that I'm trying to compete with someone or the fact that I, I said that I was going to do this and I told people that I was doing this and I can't change my mind again. You know what? As long as I'm not robbing, stealing, borrowing, or, or begging, I can do whatever it is that I want to do. And I'm free to explore and change my mind. Um, I've been a real estate agent, a loan officer. I've been a health educator, uh, community engagement, I, uh, just a lot of different things. I've, I've uh, started a business and, and failed. I've, I'm, a, I'm a failed twice business owner. I'm a successful business owner. Um, so I just try different things and I just stay true to myself and do what makes me happy. And again, as long as I'm not hurting, hurting anyone, as long as I'm not hurting my son. 
What I just heard you say, you discovered that you are enough. Thank you. How did you get there? Uh, the, I think it starts with, and I know not everyone, everyone, we all come from a different situation and we all have different backgrounds. Um, but my family, I come from a very, very blessed family on both sides of my family. And I have very supportive parents. My parents did not, they, um, they're both single. And I, so I did not grow up in a two parent household, but I've always had both parents around. And uh, so a lot of the confidence comes from my dad and, and just lessons and, and conversations that I've had with him. Um, but I think some of it's just natural. It's, it's, it's naturally who I am, but the, I've gone through things in life. So in my book and my first journal entry, uh, I, talk, I tell a story of resilience and I talk about the power of storytelling. I was um, in, a, in, a, in an abusive relationship. I had a boyfriend at 19. He had five children. We married. I, was, I met him my second semester of my freshman year in college in Chicago. Um, we married when I was 21. And um, so I'm 21 with five stepchildren in college. I graduate college and I, I have my son uh, two years after I'm married. And uh, in two years, and by the, by the time my son is two, I'm divorced. But when I, it was an unhealthy, um, uh, an abusive relationship and sometimes physically, um, mentally abusive, controlling different uh, various levels of abuse. And I left that situation. I left Chicago. I was on a road trip and I had three pairs of uh, dirty clothes. Uh, my, my son, a car seat and $200. And then I tried to make that relationship work again in Las Vegas. And that last day that we were together, we lasted for about two months. That last day we were together, I snuck out of the house the next morning because the night before I slept in the bed with my shoes on because I wasn't allowed to leave the house. And, um, and so that conf so for me to just have that confidence in myself, uh, even though I was kind of down and, ha and and probably had low self-esteem because for me to even stay in a relationship like that, it, it took a toll on me. Um, so I think that's the natural, what was in me naturally and a part of my upbringing. But fast forward present day and just with from, so from 2006 to now 2020, with some of my previous relationships. And I, I to this day, I still remember certain things that he would say to me. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm smart. I'm smart, dumb B. I'll never have anything. No one will ever want me. The only reason I have anything is because of my dad. I'll never find anyone like him. And so I can choose to listen to that. And when certain things happen in life, I can choose to be like, you know what, he's right. And, and then kind of get down and bothered by that. Or I can be intentional and I can practice my positive affirmations. And I can say, you know what, I am worthy. I am Shanta Jackson. I am enough. I am successful and I can achieve anything that it is that I want to do and I will have love. And so this all, so this conversation and everything that I'm saying goes back to my initial introduction when I was, when we were talking about the, the, um, the root chakra and me journaling. So all of this is my process. This, all of this is my process to, for me to stay grounded and for me to acknowledge that I'm human and that I have emotions, but at the same time, I'm intentional about uh, staying true to myself. 
I'm intentional about the type of love that I imagine for myself. And I'm intentional about being open to receive that the love that I know that I deserve and that I'm worthy of. And I'm intentional about being open enough to be able to give that, to return that love as well. So it's just, you know, just kind of working on, your, on yourself. We have our good and our, everyone has good and bad days and we all have our different experiences. But for me, it's just the, like I said, um, I know in myself who I am at the core and I just often have to remind myself of who I am. So Shanta, I'd like you to finish this sentence for me. I feel love when? I feel loved when, oh wow. I feel loved when I am being myself. I feel loved when, I don't know, I feel loved when, when I receive acts of kindness and, and I feel loved when I receive compliments, especially compliments from my parents. Um, I feel loved when someone recognizes that my, whatever my current space is, I feel loved when, when someone steps in. I really feel loved when someone steps in and they take away the, um, the I, w- I don't want to say problem, but the stress, like they take responsibility. They're willing to take on some of the responsibility or, or some of the load that I have on me to make life a little bit easier for me. And this could be, oh, I'll do this for you. Or you know what? I have a little gift. Here's a wine or something like that. Um, just to, you know what? Do something nice for yourself. I recognize, I feel loved when people recognize the work and, and the effort that I put into others and they acknowledge that. The reason we need compassion is? The reason we need compassion is because we need each other. We, um, we can't, we, we depend on each other, even though I know in our society, we focus on individualism, whether we are conscious of it or not, but we need compassion because we need each other and we depend on each other and we, and we should depend on each other and be, um, and acknowledging that and be conscious of that. But we should be compassionate because we need each other. We need, we need to help each other as well. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely the point of this podcast. The point of why I believe that I'm here is to help everyone recognize our interconnectedness. And one word that I have changed in my writing, I used to say, when you encounter others, da 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 Now I say, when you encounter other selves, da-da-da-da-da, because I really want us to relate to each other in that way. We recognize this separation idea is nothing but an illusion. And so we really do need each other because we're part of one whole. And so the work that you are doing in all of your aspects, the work of being a mom, the work of being a business owner and consultant, the work of being Shanta Jackson, simply being you, is something that is radiating and making this world a more compassionate place. So I just want to recognize that in you, um, your podcast as well, you know, the things that you're doing um, are really uh, meaningful and, and having an impact. 
So I'd like to close with just kind of opening up anything that you want to share with our audience that you think would be a value that uh, they could take away from today. Well, again, everyone, um, my purpose in life is to help people to help themselves and others. And um, just be true to yourself. And by being true to yourself, be open. Be open to learn from others. Be open to learn from yourself. But in order to learn from yourself, you have to be intentional about self-reflection and making choices and decisions about what you plan to do moving forward or how you choose to respond to something moving forward. And remember that you are not a people pleaser. You don't have to put yourself in situations. You don't have to be in a business circle, a personal circle, and be somewhere that you don't want to be or do something that you don't want to do because you are trying to please other people and then at the end, you're not happy. Um, sometimes it's okay to focus on yourself and not others. You can't help people if you can't help yourself first. So build your inner strength, build yourself. And if you want to learn more about me, you can visit my website at shantajackson.com. Perfect. We will leave it there. Coming up on Compassionate Las Vegas, the podcast. Why does homelessness generate so much debate and confusion? Some in this conversation attribute homelessness to the actual person experiencing that homelessness. Everybody has an opinion about a lot of things and they have every right to have them. But when you're in the thick of it, like in the thick of it. It requires that we accept it for what it is now so that we can be in the solution.